Hello and welcome to the Mission Next podcast brought to you by American Dream U. American Dream U is a nonprofit organization that is centered around helping provide a seamless transition for those who are transitioning out of the military into civilian life. American Dream U provides programs that provide military veterans and families the connections to the world's best coaches to help guide them on a highly rewarding life after the military. Now, past contributors to American Dream U have included the likes of Tim Ferriss, Chase Jarvis, Aubrey Marcus, Ryan Holiday, Charlie Hone, Ramit Sethi. The list goes on and on. You will be hearing from the likes of these people on this podcast on a weekly basis, so please subscribe. Please stay tuned. Now, you can find more information about American Dream U at www.americandream.org. Please check out American Dream U on all the social sites, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, etc. at American Dream and the letter U. Now, with that, here is today's episode of the Mission Next podcast. Enjoy. So, so I want to I want to get into that, but let's let's kind of go back to what branch of the service were you in, Tom? I was in the army. In the army, okay. So, did you go straight from high school uh, into the army, or college, or a combination of uh, both? No, I, I went to college, uh, graduated with a, a degree in physical education, and uh, worked for a couple of years. I was kind of directionless, and and so. Uh, Ended up joining the Army because at the time I thought law enforcement was something I wanted to do, and uh, so I enlisted in the military police uh, around 1995. Okay. And then how many years were you uh, enlisted for? I was enlisted for about three years. Okay. And, uh, and then uh, I applied to Officer Candidate School because I had a, had a degree and uh, wanted to do a little bit more with it. and. Uh, so then, then I became a combat engineer officer. Awesome, awesome. So then you got out, was that in 98? I got out in 2002. 2002, okay, okay. And so um, let's kind of go back to that time. So when you were transitioning out of the Army, did you have an idea what you wanted to do? You want to go back to school? What was kind of your, your thought process? Well, uh, I really knew that I was good at Leadership and operations type things, and so that was the uh, that was where I targeted when I was looking for a job. Um, mainly that fit manufacturing and logistics type uh, type company. Okay, and then and then where did you? What was your first? Uh, what was your first job getting out of the army? My my first job was as a manufacturing supervisor in a uh, in a gelatin manufacturing plant uh, in in Sioux City, Iowa. Okay. Okay. And so, um, 
So, so you knew what you were good at, but obviously you ended up becoming an entrepreneur and doing something, I guess, different than logistics, right? For what you're doing now, but... Um, yeah, what I'm doing now really doesn't have anything to do with logistics. It has more to do with, uh, I'd say, leadership. And uh, I guess I'll expand on that a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. So, so I worked for that manufacturing company for about six years. And, and during that six-year period, I had also created several small businesses that started them up. And uh, interesting thing was with each one of them, I, I had an opportunity. I was making money with them, uh, realizing some level of success. But I recognized that if I wanted to grow the business past uh, Pass this kind of a part-time gig and make it my full-time job. I needed to have some. Uh, I needed to be able to like put everything behind it. And so each time I recognized, I really was passionate about the project or the product, and uh, decided to, to close the business down. So I did this about three times actually over the course of about seven years. Um, in 2008, I ended up leaving that company mainly because I. I recognize an extremely large gap between my personal values and how I wanted to use them to drive my decisions. Um, and also felt like I was proving that that methodology of putting, making values-based decisions, which is what I learned in, in, the, in the Army, um, was actually getting better performance out of people than uh, better quality, better safety numbers, better productivity. Um, than I guess what I would call results-driven thinking or results-driven um, decision-making. So I ended up leaving that company because there was just such a wide gap between my approach and uh, and what they, I guess, how they wanted to run their business. And so I found another job with another company and uh, worked there for about three and a half years. And over the course of the first three years, I, I took the same approach but developed a little bit further and uh, actually created an information structure around my approach also. And in the course of that three years, I think helped that team increase productivity um, by over 300%. Wow. And, and so after the first year and a half, I actually was recognized and awarded at that company at the highest level. Um, two years later though, I got fired. And uh, again, it was a kind of a gap in, in values. And uh, there's a lot behind the story, lots of things I could say. Um, I don't have ill, Ill words for that company. Um, I don't think they would have ill words for me. It just, um, I'll, I'll say it this way. The values-driven approach that I was, was making and the structure I was building was not something that they understood. It was new, and even though it was working, it, I was kind of pushing them out of their comfort zone. And so they they invited me to leave, and I and I did, and because I recognized I wasn't a fit there anymore, even though I had given them more than they more than they they thought I you know more than they expected. Um, it was a good time to go. So at that point in time was when I I kind of got frustrated with this, this kind of this corporate attitude of, you know, sticking only with what works, uh, thinking it's going to work tomorrow, um, you know, being 
marginalizing success because, uh, you know, I guess political reasons or trying to protect their own, people's own jobs. And, um, and in a moment of frustration, this idea came to me that, of, of, and I call it GPS theory, and that's what I've built Zoom Life around since. And, and I've been focusing um, 100% of my free time uh, on developing the business and, and growing it. So. Sorry if I went off on a tangent. But. No, no. I mean, I mean, you said you said so many really valuable things. So I mean, uh, you know, your company was was basically born out of frustration, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, and so, and I think a lot of people's companies are born out of frustration, and so, um, you know, probably, and I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe tell me what you know when you were let go from that company after growing it three hundred percent and doing just an unbelievable job, you know, the day you got fired probably wasn't a great day. I felt betrayed, to be honest. Um, but, but, you know, it took me a while to reconcile uh, kind of what happened. But later on, I just realized if, if I had my eyes open, um, you know, my own fault in the situation was not seeing that I was kind of becoming an abrasive force in that company and uh, and not recognizing that I needed to be looking for another job or needed to speed up this uh, this development of the idea that I was that I was had already kind of planted a seed for um, while I was working for them. So um, the day of, of getting fired though, yeah, it was definitely pretty raw. Yeah, and, but but when you look back you probably go, I'm glad it happened. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, sometimes people's what they feel is their worst day. And I can tell you firsthand, I probably had 15 worst days in my life. And I look back and I'm like, I'm so happy I had that day. Right. It certainly didn't feel like it, you know, the day that it happened. But you look back and I think I think you're kind of saying the same thing. You can kind of connect the dots when you look back and you go, I'm really happy this happened. And so I think, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, frustrations and things that happen um, that you got to try to find, you know, Napoleon Hill calls it uh, an uh, an equivalent, a seed of equivalent benefit, right? When something bad happens, what can you pull from that? Right. Well, it's interesting you say that because... um, and when I when I do when I do talks, I use this timeline of my life, and I show these these two levels of success. What I call intrinsic success, which is relates to my how well I'm personifying my values, and extrinsic success, which is the the type of success you get from the rewards, right? Uh, the job, the the position, the title, the the money, all of those things, and. Uh, there was actually a 10-year period before that in which I was married in this terrible relationship in which I was mis- mis- uh, uh, what's the word? misusing my own values, um, just not realizing it. And so one day I woke up there and then realized the source of the problem was my, my lack of courage to get over the financial fear of being able to separate from my wife and financially support two households. Um, at that time, she hadn't worked in over 10 years, so I knew I couldn't just walk away. Um, the fear of ruining my relationship with my children, I had to get over that and figure out how I was going to face that and, and be successful at it. And then also the fear of kind of other people seeing and what a failure I'd already become or, you know, in my marriage. And so 
if that hadn't happened, if that day hadn't happened about four years earlier before I got fired, and then I didn't get fired, then I never would have had this this epiphany, this moment of epiphany in, in November of 2012 where this idea for GPS theory came about. And uh, so, so you're absolutely right. You have to go through those periods um, or, you, or you just never learn that all of those fears are unfounded or, or all of those fears are, are things that, that your, your mind is, is multiplying. And the funny thing is, I, I learned this while I was in the military, you know, going through different schools, uh, going through ranger school, you know, there's a fear going into it that you won't make it. Uh, there's a fear every day that you won't live through the next hour. But those experiences teach you that, that you can. And so what it taught me is, even though I was professionally successful, successful all, of this, all of those years, it taught me that there are times that you are going to screw up still, and you always have to be vigilant of, I guess, the human heart's treachery uh, that will always try to make you protect yourself, um, and often it's at the cost of creating pain for other people. Um, and so, sorry again if I'm going on a tangent, but you, what, what you're saying is so true, and, uh, and I've certainly lived through that. In, in more than one way. Yeah, and and it's tough. And, you know, I don't think you and I are downplaying the fact that people can have some really crappy days, right, and think that it's over and, uh, you know, the business is a failure, your personal life's a failure. Um, you know, people aren't going to like you. I mean, all these emotions probably go through our head, you know, constantly. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think you uh, – no, keep keep talking because you're, you're saying some really valuable um, – you know, information. So let's talk about your jump into full-blown um, entrepreneurship. So you're, so you're working, right? And you know, you get fired for increasing profits 300%. I wish you were at my company. I would, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd have a nice car in the driveway for you, and uh, you know, someone cooking you dinner. I mean, I don't know how someone could, um, you know, unless you were. Uh, you know, beating my dog, you know, off hours. I mean, that's it. That's incredible results you received. And so, so you, you created this business from out of frustration. So talk about your steps into creating a business. Cause you didn't, you didn't have a degree in business, right? I, I actually did by the time I was fired, uh, that company, um, actually paid for my schooling to oh. get an MBA. And so, uh, like I said, I don't have ill, Ill words for them. I look at it now as just this disconnection. And I was going in a, I was trying to pull them in a direction they didn't, they didn't want to go. And uh, despite the fact that I was showing them success beyond what, what they even expected. Um, okay, I don't belong there anymore. I'll, I'll move on. So the process from there was uh, I had a certain amount of financial runway space. And... Uh, Unfortunately, this idea for GPS theory didn't happen until about two months later. Um, I had already started a, an executive coaching business a few months before I was on the side and trying to develop it and gain some traction. Um, when this GPS theory idea came, though, I was just about at the end of my financial runway space. I actually had to take another job. And uh, mainly because... I was living off of my savings that had already been depleted because of 
decisions I made during my divorce that hurt me personally financially, but allowed me to continue to look my kids and my ex-wife in the eye. And so, uh, I knew it was too early to take this concept and build a business plan around it because it was one of those ideas that every human being on the planet can benefit from. But you probably know this, you can't sell a product or a service or an idea to every human being on the planet. You have to find a way to refine it and pick a target market and, and get it there. And so what I did was, that's the idea, it was actually a measurement. Um, the frustration was me working in organizations that had values that they stated, they defined, they hung on a plaque on the wall, and then their actions were, there was a gap between those words that they had on the wall and their actions on a daily basis. That was the, the root cause of my frustration. And so what I created was this GPS theory idea that became a measurement tool. So it's an app on a website where I thought every human being would be interested in this. If you said, these are my core values, this is what's most important to me as a human being, and then you shared that with other people, and then you ask them to help you understand how well you're personifying those values by observing your behaviors. And so the app simply is a way to say, all right, if Tom says he's honest, here's, or he wants to be honest, um, because it's about the possibility, right? It's not about who I am today, it's about who I want to be. Then on a scale of zero to 100%, how, do I, how would I rate him? And so I thought this was an inherently viral idea, actually. And so once I created, I, I invested any money I was making with my job that was above and beyond my living expenses into, into the development of this app. And about nine months later, I launched it. And I launched it to the sound of crickets in the night. <laughs> um, I, I just all of a sudden realized I have no idea how to promote this. I have no idea how to get people to engage in it. And the people who were engaging in it were actually getting caught up on two things. They didn't know what values were. A lot of them would confuse them with emotions like happiness. And they lack the courage to actually share that definition of their, the true person they want to be with other people. And so I had a problem. I had a, I had a product who I thought had a, you know, a limitless market, potentially limitless market, and uh, yet there were some barriers that I hadn't, I hadn't foreseen. And so I spent the next few months actually developing, um, developing a program for businesses on how to build a, a values-based culture in which I would take them through a process of identifying their, their organizational values and then using my application as a way to measure that. And so I actually worked with a number of businesses, paid jobs, um, part-time, as a, as a consultant or, sorry, as a, as a program facilitator. And uh, I found that they were kind of... Uh, lackluster in their approach at engaging in it even. And so I was a little frustrated, you know, because here I am back trying to fix a corporate problem and the corporate people aren't playing along. And, um, and in the middle of all this, you know, going through this with these, with these guys, I'm questioning, am I, am I picking the right market? Am I in the right, in the right target here? Uh, 
I was at a weekend re couples retreat with my fiance at the time. This was back in just back in October. And uh, one of the questions, it was for my, my fiance is Catholic, so it was called an engaged couple weekend um, that the Catholic Church required us to go to as part of our preparation. And so it went through this process where it would ask you questions. I would sit there by myself, write out my answer. My, my fiance would write out her answer, and we'd get together and talk about it. So the question that they asked me about halfway through this weekend was, how are you planning to leave your family as it grows in say, uh, living Christian values. Well, values are right up my alley, so I just started writing an answer. Halfway through it, I, I looked up the paper, and I realized I just wrote half of a business plan outline for how to do the same process that I was working with businesses and, use, and do it with parents, so that parents can become aligned on their own values, their individual values, and create a some, some functional family values that they can raise their kids on. And so when my fiance walked in the room, I said, I don't want to make this weekend about being life, but look at what I just did you know, without even thinking about it. And so she got really excited about it. I got really excited about it. And so the last four months, we've been working very fiercely at developing, translating all the work workshop material that I developed for the business cultures um, including a 110-page workbook into a, into a more targeted uh, set of workshops that we can do with parents that are progressive and so help them create their family values and then how do they engage with their children and values and make them a part of the daily conversation. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, we just tested this uh, just tested this workshop about two weeks ago and uh, Got some great feedback. They loved it, and uh, the group that we did it with loved it, and gave us some great ideas on how to make it a little bit better. So um, that's been my process so far. That's awesome, and, and so you know, getting um, feedback from you know end users or you know your clients is pretty important, right? Yeah, exactly. Which which is kind of why I was so surprised that people are so. Even even in the business in the business setting as a group are so reluctant to ask for that very specific feedback, which is which is something that they're saying is, is so important. You know, core values are a definition of who 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 a person or, or what a team, what a what a business wants to wants to be. The, the way I the way I do it is I describe it this way. What words would you want other people to describe you? and the life you live, or, you know, you as a team and the way you operate your business, or you and the way you deliver your product. You know, it's a very powerful question that um, when you answer it, you actually identify real values. And so it comes to the very core of what's the most important. So why wouldn't people want to know that? That's, that's like the, that's the question I still can't figure out how to, how to answer yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's get back to um, what town are you in, Tom? What town am I in? Yeah. What 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 part of the country do you live? I, I live in Jefferson, South Dakota. Jefferson, South Dakota. Okay. So this is going to be a tough one for me. Um, is there a uh, a big uh, basketball stadium or football stadium in your area? Um, there's a Division One college about 20 miles from here. Okay. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you show up at that 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 uh, stadium and I'm going to pack that full of uh, soldiers 
spouses that are one year out from transitioning. 15,000 people are going to be in that stadium, and you have three minutes to give them your very best advice on how to make their transition a success. Whether that success, Tom, looks like going back to college, whether it means uh, finding their dream job or starting a business, we want them to have a successful transition. So the clock is on. We've got 15,000 people in the audience. Go ahead. So what I would tell them is before I worried about what I'm going to do, for a living, the first thing I would encourage them to do is identify what and define what their personal values are and think about what it is that makes them, what activities do they do that make them feel like they're personifying them. And, and a good way to do that is to think about when they feel most satisfied with themselves. And so when you first do it, you're going to think it's of something in very general terms, like I'm most satisfied with myself when I help someone. And so, so there's a good place to start a year out. Take the time during that year to think about how you like to help some help somebody, and uh, and start to figure out from there. You know, if you're thinking about starting your own business, how can I? How can I refine that into a, a business plan or, or a business model? And what are the things I need to do in order to uh, in order to make that work? So that it, so that when I'm ready to to leave the military, I I am ready to go out and do the things that make me feel most satisfied with myself every single day. If if they can accomplish that, then they're going to either start a business because they'll be driven, they'll have the conviction to follow through, or if they want to find a job, they're going to look at the right businesses in the right sectors, business sectors. And, uh, and they're going to ask the right questions in the interview so that they don't have to walk away after six years in frustration because they took a job with a business that has values on the wall but, but don't, really, don't really personify them. Yeah. So I'm raising my hand in the stadium, and I'm going to go, um, sir, I have a question. Uh, you know, I enlisted right from high school. You know, I don't have a master's degree like you to start a business. Um, I would love to start a business. I'm, I'm passionate about uh, fishing and, and being outdoors, and I love people. Uh, I love serving. That's why I joined the Army. So what would you tell, you know, what would you recommend me to do with zero business experience, but I am super passionate about, um, you know, outdoor activities? Can you help me, Tom? Yeah, actually, I would, I would tell them, uh, so start to think about what you can do. Don't worry about the education. The education does not give you actual business experience. The only thing that gives you experience is actually doing it. And so... Turn and, you know, come up with an idea and turn it into an experiment. And, and it has to be a very small one. Focus on proving or disproving two things. Those two things are, is my idea going to be marketable? And is my idea going to be profitable? And, and in that order. And the reason I'm saying that is, if you can define your idea into something you can try now, where you can go talk to certain people, the people you think you might be able to sell your 
you know, if you love hunting, um, maybe it's, uh, maybe you want to do taxidermy or maybe you want to sell hunting supplies, uh, like hunting knives or, or scopes, um, for rifles or something. Um, buy one, try to sell it. See what, see who, who, who did you just sold to? Um, figure out what the profit margin was and then Try it again. Take the profits you took from that and run another experiment. Now can you sell two? And what are the profits going to be and how does it work? And so what you're doing is you're proving the business model that, that you want to do. Um, you are gaining the experience because you're already interacting with the people who, who will buy from you or you're searching for them. And, uh, and you're actually doing it. You may not have a... Uh, you may not have a million dollar a year business, but you might a year or two from now. And so that's how businesses get to that level is they start with the first sale. They start with the first the first deal, the first client. So take it one step at a time, start with an experiment and test your big idea. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And so when we you know, we have a, a program called American Dream U and and we go to military brace, uh, bases and we bring, you know, a very, very high level um, entrepreneurs and they share their insights and you know we highly encourage them if they want to become an entrepreneur to start while they're still in the military if it's if it's not going to interfere with what they're doing um, you know at least start the self-education process and exactly what you said start an ex experiment right um, right when you have some leave you take some leave and you you take some folks on a an outdoor expedition and you find out what they really want to do, what they like, what what they don't like about the trip, right? And you know, to your point, talking to to clients is really important. And a lot of companies don't talk to clients; they don't get feedback, and that is just so important. So I think that's um, invaluable advice uh, that you shared. So so what's for you next, Tom? I mean, you're you're launching this stuff, um, your new program. What's you know what what are your ultimate goals? Where do you see yourself twenty five years from now? Oh, 25 years from now, I see myself uh, still still leading Boom Life. Uh, I would like to see it turn into, uh, uh, you know, I'd like to, to take this a GPS theory idea and move to different markets, that, but, but take one at a time. Um, like I said, right now I'm focusing on families, and I think I think this one has some has some legs and. Um, in order to do that, I have to keep, uh, I have to actually do some workshops, I have to promote them, um, get people to go to them, and, uh, and figure out the best way to market them. And, uh, and, then, and then also find ways to scale up. So, for example, I want to make, uh, I want to take these workshops and turn them into video modules that people can take and, and, and provide them with interactive um, uh, electronic materials. Um, workbooks that they can, so they can take them at home and, you know, buy the package instead of having to go to, uh, you know, a half-day half day seminar. Um, so basically I want to scale up that way and then also license the, um, license the approach, uh, you know, in the material so that I can train other people who, other facilitators in different parts of the country and maybe even different parts of the world. So... You know, mainly I see it as a way to help people make better decisions, and uh, that's something something I want to see 25 years from now that I'm still doing that and uh, and helping people in a meaningful way. That's awesome. That's a, that is a great 25-year uh, goal, and people think, oh, 25 years. I mean, that's 
that's way too far in the future, right? It's, um, you know, I'm in my mid forties and the last 25 years, Tom, it's like a blink, right? Yep. Yep. And, uh, I guess I'm, I'm dating myself how old I am, but it's, it goes by quick and I'm like you, I, you know, I, I just recently set my, you know, I set 90 day goals and 25 year goals. And I just recently reset my 25 year goals and I'm like, wow, I'll be 70 and I'm pumped. Right. It, it gets me really excited uh, about what I what I can accomplish. And um, so, yeah, that's awesome. And, Tom, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we'll get the links up to your website and all your social media. And then, you know, offline, I want you to, uh, you know, we got some cool swag I want to send you. So I'll need to get, uh, you know, your best address and we'll get that out to you. And I really appreciate it. And let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Totally appreciate it. So I will, uh, I'll shoot you an email and, um, and I look forward to talking to you again. All right, Phil. Thank you. Hey, thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the American Dream U Mission Next podcast. If you're interested in finding out more information, please find us online at www.americandream and the letter u.org. You can find us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, etc. All at American Dream and the letter U. Again, we thank you for tuning in and we will see you for the next episode.